Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long in the incredible month of April, where of course we're in the US um, completely excited about sending in our taxes, <laughs> I have decided to make this called Money Matters or Money Matters, depends on uh, the way you want to use the inflection. And my guest today is going to be able to help us from a number of standpoints. Chris Hervishan is a CPA and a CVA and the sole proprietor of his CPA firm with his own name. He provides virtual CEO, CFO, I apologize, CFO and tax services, primarily for marketing and creative agencies. Now, before starting his own CPA firm, he spent a few years doing something that I don't know how anybody does it, but I'm glad there are people doing it, forensic accounting and corporate accounting and finance. And as we go through the conversation, Chris will learn why that just makes me shudder because I would never, ever want to be in those roles, nor would I do well in those roles at all. <laughs> but he's also been featured in publications such, such as the Journal of Accountancy, Accounting Today, the Innovative Agency Podcast, American Express Open Forum, Lending Tree, and many more, precisely because of his industry knowledge and his experience in accounting. And in 2019, Chris was selected as one of CPA practice advisors, 40 under 40, which I know I can't fall under the 40 under 40 anymore, but Chris, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. I'm so thankful that there are people that are skilled in finance and accounting because it is not my wheelhouse. I don't enjoy it, but I know it's a necessary, I'm not going to say a necessary evil because it's not evil when done correctly and, and viewed correctly for your business. It makes a huge difference. So <laughs> I'm glad there's people like you who do what you do. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's either for you or, or it's not right. You know, thinking mm -hmm. of numbers and um, in particular, we, we see that with taxes too. So <laughs> yeah, one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hit some of the highlights of your bio. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential? Sure. I appreciate that. So, um, as you mentioned, um, uh, I own a CPA firm, three person firm at this point, um, gone through a lot of growth last uh, couple of years, been full-time on my own coming up on three years now. Um, but it's one of those things that start, which probably a lot of your um, listeners can relate to, but it started as a side hustle, like 10 <laughs> years ago, friends yeah. and family, that sort of thing. And it kind of grows and you're doing it on the side. And as you have kids and as you just go through life, it's one of those things where it's either got to grow or go away. And, you know, very much had one of those moments when I was in a um, finance role a couple of years ago. And I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go out on my own and um, try to grow the business that I already have. And, you know, luckily I've had a wife and family who's been really supportive of that. And it's been a lot of fun. And along the way, we've found ourselves in this niche of virtual CFO services and helping marketing and creative agencies uh, primarily, although we help a lot of other small businesses as well. And just having a lot of fun with it. You know, it's growing and 
um, we're helping other businesses grow too. So it's been a great time so far. So what made you, I know you work with a lot of different people, but what made you really interested in the marketing and creative uh, kind of niche? Uh, a couple of things. So going all the way back to high school, I've always been interested in marketing. Took some entrepreneurship classes and competed in some um, business competitions in high school. And just and really just always liked marketing. I liked marketing in high school. I liked marketing in college. And then when you go out on your own, you got to figure out how to drive revenue, right? So I spent a lot of time just figuring out marketing, digital marketing in particular. And I loved it. And it's one of those things where the niche kind of falls out of the sky and, and hits you on the head. So when I went out on my own, I knew like I need to find a niche that's, that's the way to go. Um, it makes the business easier to operate. It makes the business more profitable, but didn't really have any idea of what I wanted that niche to be. Um, so, you know, one of the first clients that I brought on was a marketing agency. I had done some work for marketing agencies in a contractor role working for another CPA firm. The second client I ever had way back in the day, like 10 years ago now, was, uh, was a creative. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things in, in speaking with this client that I was bringing on, it just seemed like a really good fit. Um, you know, they're very, they're, they're becoming more so data-driven. Um, they're creative. And I like to say that we pra practice creative accounting without practicing creative accounting, <laughs> right? The numbers are solid and everything like that is good. But the way that we deliver our services is, I think, a little bit creative. Um, so, you know, they understand that and they need help. They're not usually financially focused, so we can drive a lot of value there and it's just really good fit all the way around. So that's, it's one of those things that just kind of fell out of the sky, but once it did, it, it's been a natural fit for the way that, um, we do what we do. I love it. I think it was a very nice way that you put it, that they're not always financially focused <laughs> because <laughs> that is so very true. Um, you know, I know for, for me, and my company and my previous companies, that has always been a challenge because I knew where I needed to be in my companies to grow them and drive them. And every time it would come down to me, you know, doing my, I almost said a bad word, QuickBooks. <laughs> could use a very colorful description from it. It's like, you know, I'd get tense and like, oh, I didn't want to do it. And maybe I'll push it off a couple more days. And, you know, finally, uh, after enough of this with my husband, he's like, just hand it over to me. Just, just let me do it because you're make you know, you're making this way more painful and the handoff was very painful, but then as you hand it off, you're like, okay, there you go. Have fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can get your time and your sanity back, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So when you get a new client and you are starting to work with them, you know, what are some of the things that they learn about their own business or, you know, they learn about what their opportunities are when working with somebody like you that can really be that kind of virtual CFO that gets to know their business, but can help them look at it from maybe a little bit less of a personal perspective. You know, what kind of things are they surprised at in the beginning of a relationship like that? That is such a great question. And it really, it runs the gamut. It runs the gamut. Um, I view our role as providing certainty, number one, which is which is, which gets to what I just said a couple minutes ago about creative accounting. What we really do is provide good numbers, but we deliver services in a um, creative way. But we provide certainty, which means good numbers and timely mm -hmm. is what we do. So that's one piece. The other piece is I view our role as one where we ask hard questions. And that's mm -hmm. our that's our role because that's the um that's where strategy starts is with questions. And we'll just ask questions about the business, you know, and one of the best questions that we always ask is what are the questions that you have about your business that you can answer 
And what are oh. the questions that you have about your business that you can't? And the questions that you can answer, those are great because that means that there's processes and procedures and, and, and data in place that is helping you to facilitate being able to answer those questions. And then when you say, well, you know, I'd really like to know um, when, when can I hire my next person? Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. And that's a, that's, a, that's a great insight that business owners are looking for. But at the heart of that are a couple of different things. Number one is, do you have enough cash and reserve? Number two is, um, are you ma- measuring and managing your capacity, especially in a professional services based business? Or do you know what your capacity is? And those, you know, those two things really kind of play into each other. Do you know what your pipeline is, your revenue pipeline? Mm-hmm. And those are really kind of the three core things of that. And if you want, I'll, ex- I'll explore that just a little bit. Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, so the cash reserve thing. The way that we advise on that is we say that you should have between two and six months of fixed expenses in, in reserve. And we go through a whole process where we figure out if, should, if it should be two months or it should be six months, regardless. Um, if you don't have a cash reserve in place, and if you're not measuring capacity, so capacity gets to who are the people in your business? How much are they working? How much are they producing? Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a marketing agency as an example. We would want to see probably about 60, 60% would be basically full capacity of, of, you know, work that they're doing. That's, um, that's delivering client work. Okay. So 60% of utilization, that's pretty full capacity. Well, what if you're at 40% and what if you don't have a cash reserve? And what if you have a pipeline, a revenue pipeline, new business coming in and know, a, yeah. a really big project that's coming in in, in two months, you're like, holy cow, I just don't have the capacity to, to deal with that. I need to go hire somebody. Well, here's what's going to happen. You've got no cash in reserve. You're going to increase the fixed expenses that come in because you're bringing on somebody who's probably going to be expensive. Right. So probably what you're going to have shortly thereafter, after you deliver that project and get paid that, that big bill from the client, shortly thereafter, what you're going to end up with is an employee who is now creating an overcapacity for your business, who's a fixed expense. You're probably going to have a cash crunch some point thereafter it's going to not be fun it's going to be painful yeah um and you haven't even measured your capacity so in reality 60 percent is great but you're really at 40 Mm -hmm. that's really where your business has been historically so you've you've got processes procedures people in place who are just not pulling their weight or who are insufficient to deliver the client work that you've got and um you know already already in place and so you really haven't addressed the problem so yeah you slapped the band-aid on it because you've got this big project this big client that's coming in and you hired somebody to, to deal with that. But in reality, all you've done is created a, a problem for yourself going forward because you're going to be even further under capacity. You've got even increased expenses. You don't have the cash to really deal with it, especially in a slowdown. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen a, a lumpy economy, depending on what, what industry you're in over the last year. And certainly it, it looks to continue that way um, for the foreseeable future. But um, you're just creating uh, problems for yourself. Now, flip that around. You've got an adequate cash reserve, you've got five months of cash sitting in the bank and your pipeline and, and you're properly utilized. Um, so the people who you have, they are busy. You've got great processes in place and you've got this big project coming down the pipeline. Now the question is, well, should I hire somebody? And when you would do that is if you have, yes, that one big project, but you've got others behind that. That's when you would mm-hmm. hire somebody. But if you're already at capacity, if you've got decent cash, you've got this big project coming on and there's nothing behind it, then that's a contractor. Sub, ah, sub it out. Hire there out. You, I see, yeah. But those are the kind of questions and the kind of conversations that you can have when, when you know those sorts of things 
Um, otherwise, you're just kind of flying blind, throwing darts at a board and hoping that it works out. But you know, there's that that's the kind of rational, logical process that you should work through when, when you're having that kind of conversation in particular. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, been there, done that. Um, and luckily, my team is a little different and more unique now because I have a whole team that's based in Kenya. So it's, it's a little different. But at the same time, everything you're talking about should be applied to that team as well, whether they're more cost effective or not. Um, you know, and that's this year we is the first time I ever took my team, you know, kind of separately and said, here's your budget. Like, here's what you cost me. Here's what your percentage of our overhead is. And here's what your, your job, um, will bring to the, to the top and bottom line. So we're going to measure it. And it's been really interesting. We've had some really great dialogues about, you know, some positions aren't driving revenue, but you know, you still have a cost. So what does that mean? And how can you make sure you're helping as part of the team? And so if we're help, having you help promote a, a podcast episode, for instance, you know, because we want you to like it or comment it and, you know, help ex, you know, expand our, our reach that might not bring in a dollar figure, but that makes, you know, happier guests and that increases our downloads, which increases our opportunities, which increase those other things. And so the, um, since we've done this, the level of interaction with my team, with each other and the dialogues that they're having and they're having with me has been phenomenal. So productivity, productivity has really increased. And I, I don't know why it took me so long to, to do that. I mean, I've run, I run sales organizations with, you know, 500 people at a time, you know, and I've had those systems that were put in place by somebody else that I could, you know, work with my team, but really taking that same perspective with my own company has been a game changer. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a better way to run a business for sure. <laughs> takes, takes some of us a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm an old dog. I can still learn new tricks. Well, this is fantastic. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Chris Hervishan. And I think that uh, as we were talking about your, let me make sure I have the thing, the, the three elements, because you were talking about three elements is making sure you have cash reserves, uh, what your pipe, understanding what your pipeline is and understanding your capacity. Did I get those three right? Absolutely. So, you know, when you're, when you're looking, when you're talking to a new client, um, you know, as, as they're starting to dive into this, is there apprehension on their part about answering those questions? Because a lot of times, especially small business owners or entrepreneurs are so fixated on just wanting to be able to go and grow that, that when somebody wants to squash your financial goals, meaning what you want to spend, what you want to earn, all those things, and maybe not squash them, but open up a more realistic look for you. It can be, it can, it can can rub you the wrong way at times. And I say that because, you know, my CFO is my husband. So we have an added uh, extra layer of drama with that. But, you know, do you find that people sometimes are like, wait, I don't know that I am ready for this. I know I need it, but 
I don't know if I wanted to have you really shining that light on that part of my business. That happens. It happens. It happens in both regards. In fact, um, you know, yesterday, so the day before that we were recording this podcast, we went through the exercise of calculating a cash reserve, two different businesses, six hours apart. And we gave one client a number that it was $650,000. You need $650,000 is your cash reserve. And he said, well, if it's 650, it might as well be a million. And I think 650 is too high. And, you know, it should be much lower. And like, okay, well, you know, we can live with X, Y, or Z. And so we kind of come to the, this, this understanding because at the end of the day, the cash reserve number is what we call it. We call it the, can you sleep at night index? Mm-hmm. No hard and fast rule around it. It's just whether or not you feel comfortable, you can lay your head down and fill pillow knowing that you've got enough cash in the business. If things really went poorly tomorrow, um, you'd be able to pay your people because letting people go is hard and you'd be able to continue to operate and go and market and do those things. Um, we had a conversation later in the day and I said to that person, I said, you've got a lot of, you've got too much cash in the business. And you, should, I mean, it's probably not working for you. You should probably take some out and then go invest it somewhere else. You know, whatever that is, that's a, that's a conversation for the financial advisor. And he said, no way, absolutely not. I want to leave as much in there as possible. I want to be as conservative as possible. I hardly take any cash out of the business ever. And that's, and that's cool too, because, you know, the metrics aren't, aren't what would, what would suggest leaving all that cash in the business and but we've delivered the message that hey your cash isn't working for you as best as it could mm-hmm. but at the end of the day if you can sleep at night you know that's 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 worth something and we, and we realize that um when we talk about capacity that's a little bit harder conversation because now we're mm-hmm. talking about process generally the way to me- measure capacity really is by measuring time and depending on the business that you're in that's really really hard it's hard because employees don't want to do it. It's hard because yeah. managers don't want to manage the employees who don't want to do it. It's hard because yeah. you have to have processes and software in place and you've got to do approvals and have workflows and, and all that sort of stuff. It's hard. It's just hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would say, okay, well, we don't want to do that. We're just not going to be good at it. So there's no point. Let's try to measure capacity a different way, realizing that we're going to be a little bit less accurate in doing so. And then that's the conversation conversation that we have. And, you know, when we're talking about pipeline, that's hard too, mm-hmm. because we're talking about some sort of a process in place where we're tracking, all right, we've got this deal in the works. It's going to be, it's 50% likely to happen, or it's 75% likely to happen, or it's in the bag. And tracking that and being proactive about that, um, which is what really allows us to do forecasting and to understand whether or not our current capacity is enough or not enough. And, you know, that's hard. Anytime we're talking about putting processes in place and measuring data and putting software in place. It's hard. It's a hard conversation, but, you know, we certainly have best practices that we have seen work and that we would like to see implemented and the business owner, that's their baby. They've, they've gone through the whole process. They built the process in most cases. Uh, They know what works and what doesn't work. And so, you know, a lot of times we got to meet the middle somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's different for every business, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to hearing, you know, this isn't working or shining light, a shining a light on data that is difficult. Right. But I think generally at the end of the day, um, business owners realize that there's something broken, which is why they come to us in the first place. There's something that's not working somewhere and they just want a fresh set of eyes. That's, you know, impartial, but hasn't, you know, lived it and breathed it for some period of time. And 
that's really where we come in and we just ask questions. Yeah. That's kind of the non-confrontational way to, um, to do it as well. We ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I, and I think that's a, such a great example of two, you know, scenarios that are similar yet, you know, the, the answer to your question, what allows you to sleep better at night is answered in two different ways on two different ends of that spectrum. And I think you're right. Then it really shows to the personal um, side of that. And, and uh, you know, one of the other elements that, you know, was my goal with my team this year, helping them to see their numbers and understand the big numbers is that, you know, I, when I, when I was a VP of sales and I, you know, was responsible for hundred million in revenue a year and 500 people, so many times the, the person is so removed from the ownership of the company doesn't understand how their, their decisions make or break a company. You know, they're like, well, what does it matter if I overspend on my, um, on my per diem for, you know, meals while I'm traveling, or, you know, I don't do it very often. And besides I'm never away from home or whatever, you know, just, just using that as an example. And I used to always tell my team, you know, we have a responsibility to the person who signs our paycheck, which is the owner of this business to treat our jobs and our business, like we own it because then you have that sense of greater responsibility. And that's kind of one of the things that I've been trying to do with my team is get them to, to have that sense of, you know, am I always going to be fully transparent about, you know, all the income and expenses, you know, at some point in my business, probably no, but where I am right now in the life cycle of my business, it's really um, empowering for me to say, here's why, you know, when we have things that are due that I need them done. And, you know, if you have roadblocks in your way, let's talk about them, you know, don't get caught up in it. Let's communicate. We're small enough that we can be nimble, but I need you guys to be a part of this team. And for small business owners to have somebody like you in their corner and to be able to ask those questions and really start to break that down, you know, then there's a great chance that they can get that buy-in from their teams as well. It is such a great point. Um, you know, and in there too, if you're not providing your team with data and providing them with clarity and providing them with, with the story and, and where you are as a leader, then they're going to make up their own story. And it, yeah. and it might not be what your story is and it might not be the, the reality. You know, if you're not giving good consistent feedback, then the message is, well, you know, my, my manager, my boss doesn't care. And that, that just might not be true. Or, you know, it, if you're not providing them with financial data, they're going to say, oh, well, the company's killing it. Like, you know, I, I see the revenue. I see the clients coming in the door. They're totally killing it. Well, no, not so much. You know, there's taxes yeah. and then there's expenses that you don't see. And there's, you know, payroll taxes that a lot of employees don't consider and things like that. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. expensive to run a business and it's hard. Yeah. Um, so if you don't provide them with the clarity and, and the story and, and show them exactly what's going on and why they're going to, they're going to fill that gap themselves. And that, you know, that's not productive for anybody usually. Yeah, that's true. I mean, one of the things that I didn't include anything that, you know, was the first several years of the business where you're not making any money and you're really, you're really behind, you know, I'm just showing them in the snapshot in the snap uh, shot of, you know, where we are in 2021. And, and you're right. People do make up their own stories. And if we don't give them some starting point, then they don't feel a sense of commitment or ownership to make it financially successful. And so I always talk about making sure you have positive, productive, and profitable workplaces, because you have to be thinking about all three of those in order to make any one of them potentially happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have any other top tips for my listeners and viewers to really you know, make better financial choices for themselves or for their businesses? 
Yes. Here's a, here's, oh, I've got a couple if you don't mind. Um, so number one, have an accountant, have a financial advisor, have an attorney Mm -hmm. and don't keep those people in a silo. They should be talking together with you, formulating, um, whatever your plan is, you know, as an accountant, I'll tell you, this happens all the time. Um, business center will go to their attorney and say, I need a new operating agreement, or I need a new buy sell agreement, or I'm, um, I'm providing a new partner with equity or something like that. And then the attorney draws something up and it's like a done deal. And then they come to the, they come to us and they say, Hey, you, you know, look what we did. And it's like, okay, cool. But did you think about, you know, X, Y, and Z and how expensive this is going to be? Um, no. Okay. You know, we need to, we need to fix this now. You know, that sort of thing. That's not the conversation you want to have. The conversation you want to have is much more productive. Yeah. Um, so have a team realize what your strengths and your weaknesses are but make sure that that team is working together as opposed to in these silos. And that's, I, I, I would bet you, if you've got a financial advisor, if you've got an attorney, if you've got an accountant, you asked each one of them, whether or not they wanted to be in those conversations and whether or not they wanted to meet as a team, they would probably all say yes. Absolutely. Oh, yep. I agree. Um, so that's not number one. Number two, stay on top of your financial processes. If you mm-hmm. ignore them, they will come back and bite you for sure. But we see that with a lot of business owners. If, if we ignore it, it'll kind of go away. One of those things. Make sure that you've got good um, processes in place. Make sure that you're looking at the data make sure that you understand your financial statements. And if you don't hire somebody who can tell you the story, mm-hmm. because that, that gets back to the whole, you know, if you don't have the data in front of you, if you're not being told the story, then you're going to create your own. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's, it's just not the accurate picture. Like, Hey, we're killing it, but okay, well, why do you have no money in the bank? That sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then finally think about the data that you have in your business. Um, we're creating data at just incredible amounts in, in society now. And there's a lot of data, I promise you, that exists in your business. Think about what those data sources are. Think about the data that you have access to. Think about how you can leverage that and combine it. We call it leverage data. So financial data plus non-financial data. Mm-hmm. How can you leverage that in your business to make better decisions? And what are the questions that you have? What, you know, what are the questions that you can answer with um, the data that's in your business. And if there's questions that you have that you can't answer, well, then think about where you can go and get that data and incorporate it into how you operate. Yeah. And I love that. Cause you said that earlier, what, what questions can you answer right now in your business and what can, ones can't you, and here's your opportunity. Let's ask them and then let's figure it out. And we'll, we'll dive into it together, which is yep. where working with somebody like you really makes it a partnership for the business owner as well. Exactly. That, that's how we want to be classified as a, as a partner, not so much a vendor and not just as an accountant, but we want to be a part, we want to be a partner in your business without actually taking equity or <laughs> taking a percentage of the profits. Um, think of it that way. That's true. Like it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, excellent. Chris, this has been fascinating. I know we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now to see whether or not you're the right match for them and their business, what's the best way for them to reach you? Thank you so much. Uh, the best way is betterwaycpa.com. That's the website. And if anybody wants to dig in further about some of the stuff that we talked about as far as how to scale a business, um, brand new ebook out. It's called Scaling the Data-Driven Agency. So betterwaycpa.com slash data-driven agency. And it's 50 pages. I mean, it's very, very digestible. And yes, it's written for um, marketing and creative agencies specifically, but those principles apply to you know, just about any business. I love it. I love the title, Better Way CPA. Very good. And see, that shows your marketing background. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yes. Um, I would just say, always keep moving forward and always 
develop your ability to ask great questions. The better you can get at asking great questions, the better you're going to be, the better insights you're going to get about your business. And, you know, questions are the basis for strategy and the basis for learning. So if you can do that really, really well, you're going to be just fine. I love it. Chris, thank you so much for sharing with us today. It has been a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.